Welcome to Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. We're carrying on the lament. Now, what I mean by that, in Revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave it to him to show unto his service things, which must shortly come to pass, and signified it by his angel unto John. This is for the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now, the testimony of Jesus very plainly is the spirit of prophecy. We see in Revelation 19.10, there's a man. Now, it's going to focus around the man, the revelation of Jesus Christ, the man. We're talking about Jesus Christ that has come in the flesh according uh, to the word of God. That in Romans, it states that according to that seed of Israel, uh, according to the flesh, which God came, which Jesus came, who is God blessed forever, amen. Well, in the flesh, that fleshly man was God blessed forever. We see that and state it there in the book of Romans. Well, the book of the Revelation goes into the depth of that through the judgments of God, seals, trumpets, and vows, who give us the revelation of, the revealing of, the unveiling of Jesus Christ, his identity, not only in his person, that he is that spirit, that he is the Father, the Word, the Holy Ghost, that he is the everlasting God Almighty, Revelation 1.8, but he's also that work of the ministry that he will perform in and through the body of Christ. So it's about the man in the days of his flesh, Jesus is the light of the world. But he says, it's expedient that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter, the Holy Ghost, will not come. Therefore, he said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. This he spoke of the Holy Ghost, which was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. He's glorified going back to spirit. He is the spirit of God. He made himself of no reputation, Philippians 2, 6 through 8. And that means emptied out of glory, made himself void, or put a self-imposed limitation upon himself as spirit so that he can work as a man because a man lost it. Only a man of Adam can redeem us back. Has to be a kinsman redeemer. Therefore, Jesus states there that he, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. All the attributes of God, Jesus is. He is that spirit in every attribute of that spirit. But made himself of no reputation. Now that's where a self-imposed invitation upon himself, that he will not work as spirit, but work as a man made in under the law, as one of us, our kinsman, redeemer. So he can be tempted at all points like we are yet without sin. Point B, that Jesus then died, buried, rose again, declared to be the Son of God through the Spirit by the resurrection of the dead. Now it's gone back, glorified with the Father's own self, and is that quickening Spirit. We see that in 1 Corinthians 15.45. The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam, Jesus Christ, the man, was made a quickening Spirit. Now that man made a quickening Spirit is the Spirit of God, not Spirit Junior. Now, that's where we jump track. So this is the faith that was once delivered to the saints, but that will be revealed there in the work of the ministry, which is a work of judgment. 
We see that in the seals, trumpets, and vows. The judgments are not to destroy mankind, but to get mankind to turn to the true and living God, Jesus Christ. Now, the man, Jesus the head, and we being the individual members, in particular the body of Christ, is the son of man, designation of the spirit. That son of man, Jesus in the days of his flesh, he is the light of the world. Then he said, when he went away, now we, the body of Christ, you are the light of the world. A seat is set upon a hill that cannot be hid. So that work of the ministry, which we are all called for, is in that man, Melchizedek. We find that in Hebrews 5, where Paul wants to bring this revelation of Melech Zadok, Melech King Zadok, righteousness, or Melchizedek, king of righteousness or king of peace, and how great this man was. And he goes on and he starts to reveal this in Hebrews, the fifth chapter. But he said, these things are hard to be uttered, seeing you're dull of hearing. You're, when you need, and you ought to be teachers yourselves, you have need again to be taught the first principles of the oracles of God, and you have need of milk and not of strong meat. That is a reproof and a rebuke. And he said, you have need of milk, for you are babies, unskillful in the word of righteousness. Now, righteousness is progressive, just as faith is. Faith is pro progressive from faith to faith, from glory to glory. And we find that grace literally reigns through righteousness, which is uh, Grace, where we grow in grace through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, which increases our faith, going from faith to faith, from glory to glory. Now, very few realize that. They think it's just an action that you are saved. You believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you're saved. That's it. There's no sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. And that truth being progressive, they just think, well, you know, we have heaven made. That's it. That's a lie of Satan. So God will do a work in judgment to shake us, to stir us, and a shaking going on, not of only the earth also, but also heaven. The Lord had promised that in Hebrews 12. In the days of Moses, he shook the earth only. And the, that Mount Sinai burned with fire as the Lord Jesus descended upon that mountain. The shofar, that trumpet, grew louder and louder. And the people said of Moses, you hear from God and tell us lest we die. Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. All that thrust through and touched the mountain was thrust through with a dart. It was a very terrible, awesome revealing of God there when he shook the earth. That was in the days of Moses. Well, when we talk about this last day work, there were six million that came out of that time we see in the Holocaust that great tribulation hit the natural Jew. But in the last days, we're going to have another Holocaust. It won't be against the natural Jew. It'll be against the Christian themselves. It'll be the ones that serve the true and living God that will be hated of all nations for his great name's sake. Why? Because 
you are in Christ. It hated him first, and they say that there if they do this to the master of the house and calling him Beelzebub, how much more would he call those Beelzebub there of his own household, of his own body? In the world, you will have tribulation. Jesus stated that. But be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. Now, so we are there getting the word of God that whenever this storm comes, whenever these winds blow and the floods beat against the house, the house of God, that chambers, the priest chambers that we have built through the word of God after receiving the word of God that we are sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise till we receive the promised possession that we will stand because it's founded upon the rock and that rock is progressive. That is the height, depth, length, and width of Christ and the fullness of Christ. That is into all truth. So when we take a good look at the book of the Revelation, it is about this work of the ministry, not just the person of Jesus, that he is the father of glory, but also the work of the ministry, which is a strange work. Bring to pass his act, his strange act. In Isaiah 28, talking about this work, said, don't mock at it. Don't laugh at it or scorn it because uh, it has surprised the hypocrite. Why? Because they had no idea that this was the work of the ministry, that the truth of the word of God. It's judgment. Jeremiah 8, that says the stork knows uh, the time of its coming. The crane and swallow observe the time of their coming. But my people know not the judgment of God. Why? Because the judgments are not to destroy mankind. But the judgments of God, when judgments are in the earth, men will learn righteousness. They will learn the true identity of Jesus, not only in his person, but in his work as well, the work of the ministry, which we are all called for. What does that entail? Well, it entails the revelation of Jesus Christ and through the body of Christ, which will consummate in Jesus' second return, the second advent, when he comes the second time without sin, unto salvation for the salvation of his saints, those that are sanctified, holy, both spirit, soul, and body, a glorious church without spot or blemish. We are in these days now where God is sealing his people by his word, not just one facet of the word not just a few principles, but as Paul warned us in Hebrews 4, take heed lest a singular promise slip any of you. You should seem to come short of entering into his rest. If Jesus had given them rest, he would not have spoken of another day. But Jesus did speak of another day. He said the time is coming and now is. When those hear the word, the voice of God, shall live, the voice of the Son of God. And that is in Revelation the second and the third chapter. Jesus is speaking to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea, and says, I know thy works. Faith is active. It's not stagnant. It's dynamic. Always going and moving higher and higher, going from faith to faith. And those that are in the faith are in the proceeding word of God by which man lives thereby. And that's where God will use judgments to stir us up to the point, as stated in Hebrews 12, 
that the Lord will not only shake the earth as he did in the days of Moses, but yet once more the Lord hath promised he shakes not only the earth, but also heaven, that all that can be shaken may be removed as of things that are made. That's man-made doctrine. Faith is the substance of things so far, the evidence of things not seen. The things seen are temporal. The things which are not seen are eternal. The things that are made will be removed by this work of God and the shaking of the sifting of among the nations. In Amos 9, verse 9, God has commanded to sift all the house of Israel, not only the natural Israel, but the spiritual Israel as well. And not the least grain will fall to the ground. But he states that I will destroy all the sinners of my people by the sword, which say no evil or trouble, tribulation shall prevent nor overtake us. We must go on into the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ and be sealed in the apocalyptic signaling of Revelation 7 in order to stand and be pleasing to the Lord Jesus Christ. Vessels unto honor, not dishonor, meet for the master's use. It's all about the revelation of Jesus Christ, the unveiling of him. And those that have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Nevertheless, they live, yet not they, but Christ liveth in them. Paul stated that in Galatians 2.20. I was crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And he said it pleased the Lord that he would reveal the Son of God in and through Paul. The Son of God is that spirit. We see that in Galatians 4, 6. God has sent forth the spirit of his Son. Well, the Son in the days of his flesh, God manifest in the flesh, the Father revealed, there was in a body of flesh and blood. He shed his blood, and the flesh and bone then was glorified and made a quickening spirit, 1 Corinthians 15, 45. The last Adam being made a quickening spirit, as you see in Matthew 28, 18. Jesus coming up out of the tomb said, All power in heaven and in earth is given unto me. That did not leave the Father powerless, because he's glorified with the Father's own self, the Father revealed. That's the revealing of Jesus Christ, that he is the Father of glory. He is that God, and there's not another. It is a one God uh, revelation, that there's one person in that Godhead and not three. So when it's all settled in the seals, trumpets, and vials, there will be only one who is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, which is, was, and is to come, the Almighty. There is no trinity. That is stated point blank by John in Revelation 16, 13. He saw a trinity and told us exactly what it was. Said, I see, I've seen three unclean spirits like frogs. Those are unclean. And said, these are spirits of devils working miracles. Working miracles? Yes. They follow after those miracles that, Signs, miracles, and lying wonders, which was sent by God himself as strong delusion, the word of God being deluded, that those that are not sealed will be literally seduced. 
We have to grow up into Jesus in all things and all truth so that we're not tossed to and fro by everyone of doctrine, especially in the last days where some, as 1 Timothy 4, 1 states, the Spirit speaketh expressly. Then in the latter days, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to these seducing spirits. Doctrines of devils, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, conscious, they're not knowing good from evil and evil from good, calling good evil and uh, evil good. That's what we're seeing in these days. Men, uh, they're at this time of troublous times. That men are lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, heady, high-minded, truce breakers, uh, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Truce breakers, uh, they are disobedience to parents, unthankful, unholy. That's what we're seeing today. Well, of course, somebody said, well, this has always been. There's all been wars and rumors of wars. Uh, there's always been a time uh, of a nation against a nation and a time of earthquakes in diverse places, but they're increasing with frequency and intensity. They're that the, mock, the ones that mock that and say, where is the promise of his coming? And they mock the word of God. God is faithful. And he will come just as he said he would. That that is determined will be done. So in his judgments, the whole book of Revelation is about his judgments. Why? Because when judgments are in the earth, men will learn righteousness. We see that in Revelation 15. The whole revealing of Jesus Christ is to reveal him in his glory. And the work of the ministry will be in the heart of that book as we see in Revelation 10, 11, and 12. Now, the whole book of the Revelation, there is a chiasma or chiasmatic structure in Revelation, where it's repeated, repeated things over and over again. And during this, it gives us the strong emphasis on these judgments, seals, trumpets, and vows. It uses the number of seven all through the book. And it is a book of sevens. It's a book of prophecy. It's the book of the spirit of prophecy. Well, it's about a man. And we see that in Revelation 19, verse 10, that John sees the man. And somebody said, well, there's an angel. No, it's not. It's a church in its highest glory. And he was about to worship this man. And the man said, See, thou doest it not. I am of thy fellow servants and of thy brethren, who is it that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus, which is the faith that was once delivered to the saints, but now in its fullness. You'll see that in that didactic or the lamed or the teaching in the basic capsule description of Revelation in Revelation 12. It's built upon a Hebraic design of the ABC theory. The first book is the Allah, which is a picture of an ox, which is one, and meaning almighty. Well, in the first book, we see that design in that Hebrew ABC theory that Jesus is the Allah the ox, that he is the almighty God in Revelation 1.8. 
He's Alpha and Omega, the beginning and ending, which is, was, and has come, the Almighty. Then it goes on there in chapter two. That's Beth, or that Beth, which will be the house dwelling, etc. And we find the churches there. Why? Because God is now revealing himself through the body of Christ. That is for us to live as Christ, those that are sanctified holy, to reveal Christ in us, the light of the world, a city set upon a hill that cannot be hid. Therefore, we have let our light shine, which is the glorious Lord Jesus Christ in and through the body of Christ. So we see there in that second chapter, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira. Then we go to chapter three, Gamal. Well, here we have the humper carrying over another three churches, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea. Then we go to uh, the fourth letter of the Hebrew ABCDRE, the Dela, the door. What do we see? First thing is the door open in heaven of John. And there's the Daleth. We see this all the way through the book of the Revelation. We will get into it in detail. Keep tuning into the podcast as we will break this down from the Allah through the Tav and each chapter and that Hebraic design, not in chronological order, but in the the Hebraic ABCDRE design. And of course, it's still revealed by the Holy Ghost. We can't just study the letter. It's revealed by the Holy Ghost, and only the Spirit of God can interpret these scriptures for us. The letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth a life. There we find, as we go through, that the Revelation 10 is the yud, the hand, the hand of God revealed. There at the hand of God, at the right hand is Jesus Christ, which is the body of Christ. That yud, number 10, is the hand. And we find in that Revelation 10, John, and he saw there what the seven thunders, and he heard what the seven thunders uttered their voices. He was about to write. He said, write it not. Now, the seven thunders, there's that seven again in perfection. It's the perfecting of perfecting of the body of Christ unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus unto a perfect man. What we're all called for in a perfect image of Jesus Christ, for whom he did foreknow, them he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren, bringing many sons unto glory. Those that he predestinated, them he also called, them that he called to justify, them that he justified, them he also glorified to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, not something less, a perfect mirror image of Jesus. But it's about the man, Christ Jesus, revealed in the earth. While Jesus was in the earth in the days of his flesh, God in the days of his flesh, that man was God's own flesh. God's own body, as we see in Philippians 2, 6 through 8. Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, not made equal, be equal in all the attributes of God, from the Allah through the Tav, and we see that revelation in Revelation 1 through 22, which are 22 letters of the ABC theory, and Jesus is 
each and every attribute of the Spirit of God. That will reveal and unveil him in the true God, Almighty, Jesus Christ, that he is the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent Spirit, always has been, and Son of God is the Father revealed, not a Spirit Junior. It will overthrow all the doctrines of this world that are man-made doctrine. We find that in Hebrews 12, that God hath promised yet once more, he shakes not only the earth, as he did in the days of Moses and the exodus of Israel from Egypt, but he will shake also heaven, that all that can be shaken may be removed as of things that are made. Man-made things, man-made doctrine, man-made uh, the scriptures uh, that have made the word of God an effect through the tradition of the elders. It will be totally destroyed, overturned, overturned, and overturned. Everything of the earth uh, and all the fullness thereof will turn back to God and all that are remain in the remnant of the seed. Right there, the Lord will reveal his power and his glory. All that cannot be shaken may remain. We're the remnant of her seed that keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus, which is the faith of Jesus Christ. You see that in Revelation 12 and Revelation 14, verse 12. Because those redeemed are the ones that keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus Christ. Revelation 12 states that these are the remnant of her seed that keep the commandments of God, that is, that love God, and have the testimony of Jesus, which that is the faith of the Lord Jesus. That's the body of Christ. There, and he states that that remnant will remain, seeing then that we have a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God with reverence, and godly fear for our God is a consuming fire. Now this fire hath consumed those that are against him. That consuming fire, but the consumption decreed will overflow in righteousness. That is, everyone left in the earth will know him from the least to the greatest. For the revealing of Jesus and the righteousness of God that he is the father of glory, will be revealed as Jesus stated in John 16. He said, when the Holy Ghost comes, he'll reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, of judgment, of sin because they believe not on me, Jesus said, of righteousness because I go to my Father, not beside him, not around him, I go to him. And of uh, a judgment because the prince of this world is judge. He goes on and says in John 16, he said, I will no more speak to you in Proverbs. But before he stated that, he said to his disciples, going to Jerusalem, I have many things to say unto you, but you're not able to bear them now. You're not able to bear it now. Many things, that's the things of faith. Well, we're not in that season there. Jesus is going to death, burial, and resurrection. Then there's going to be that dispensation of grace, and then there's coming the kingdom age. And it'll be progressive truth that those that are walking in the light as Jesus is in the light, then, and only then will we have fellowship one with another. The blood flow through the body of Christ and the life-giving flow in the proceeding word of God, speaking the same things and in the unity of the faith. That is what is lacking now. Some of you hearing this podcast 
should contact me through sailing God's people at dennisbeard.org so that we can come together in the unity of the faith of the knowledge of the Son of God. As long as the body of Christ is scattered on every high hill and made to pray for every ravenous beast, then the work of God will not manifest. It's up to us, and the Lord states that. It's in the unity of the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God that we will be edified of whichever joint supplies to the edifying of itself in love. But the joint is a joining together, a bone to bone. And every individual member of the body of Christ must come together. We may see it, read it at word, at at our homes, our businesses, whatever the case is. And in our time of prayer and meditation on the Lord, that we see these things, but we don't move in faith to walk in the unity of the faith. It's like knowing what we should do, but don't do it. It's like that we have the victory, but we won't take it. We have to move. The body of Christ has to come together. And that is regardless of where you are in the world. We have some that's contacted us from Germany. We're in the United States. We thank God for them because the Holy Ghost has moved there. Same way in India, Africa. Which same way with those that are hearing in America. But the body of Christ has to come together in the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God and to a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And then and only then will the word of God and the work of the ministry go forth. Without that, as the Lord stated there in Malachi 4, he says that he will send Elijah. Why? Because Elijah is a restoration ministry. Remember my servant Moses, behold, I send you Elijah. Elijah's restoration, it is El-E-God. Elohim is Jehovah. It's one God message. There's no Trinity there. It's hero Israel, the Lord of God is one Lord. That's the greatest commandment of all, Mark 12, 29, which is the Shema, Deuteronomy 6, 4. This is what will be revealed, that God is one and not a Trinity. He's the Holy One of Israel. And that's seen in Isaiah 43, 10, thus saith the Lord, that you are my witnesses, the true witnesses of God, saith the Lord. You are my witnesses, saith the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, the self-existent, eternal spirit of God, and my servant whom I have chosen. Who is that servant? That's the man that he chose, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he, the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, is that man. Before me, there was no God form, neither shall be after me. That's God formed himself a body, walked around amongst us uh, and revealed that grace and truth that came. God manifest in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. See now that I am God, thy Savior, the Lord, thy Redeemer. That's what the Lord stated. The Holy One of Israel. And he states there in Deuteronomy 32, beside me, there is no other God. There's no God Jr. There's no second person of the Godhead. I know not any. If there were any other spirit or spirit junior up there, God would say, yes, I have my son with me. But he didn't. He said, see now that I am God alone. Beside me, there is no other God. I know not any. So the revelation of Jesus Christ will reveal that he is God and there's not another. It will dispel all false doctrines that have been promulgated 
and proclamated and preached and taught throughout the world in the centuries past and the ecumenical councils and synods of time past of a Trinity God, of a Trinity person of Godhead. We must literally hit that mark. We got to press toward that mark. If we miss that mark, it is nothing left but depression, anxiety in this life and in the world to come, hell, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. And we're talking about Gehenna. When Jesus said, you go about the coast to find one proselyte, and when you find him, you make him a twofold more child of the devil. He's not talking about Hades just dying there. He's talking about Gehenna. This, that is that fire, that is that last day hell fire that will be damnation for all the souls that were cast into the pit. That's the second death. Now, we don't like to hear that. We don't like to hear it preached. But it's there, and Jesus preached on hell more than he did heaven because there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shine. Somebody said, no, he only mentioned 13 times. No, he mentioned other outer darkness, gnashing of teeth. He talked about depart from me. All of these is not a purgatory or another place. You either make heaven or hell. It's just that simple. We're here because we love you and want you to make heaven, and we we want to to compel as many as we can to come to the match of the statue of the fullness of Christ and to a perfect man and the body of Christ coming together. If we don't come together, we'll find that curse put upon the earth as Jesus stated, uh, God stated there in Malachi 4. He states, this is the curse that will come. Is, the curse won't come causeless. Your own ways have procured these things into you. And he told us exactly what it would be. He said, remember my servant Moses, behold, I send you Elijah. Now we know that Jesus stated in Matthew 17, and they came to Jesus and said, why do the, the disciples of John say that Elijah must first come? What's all, what's all that about? Jesus said, Elijah truly must first come and restore all things. That's all things of faith. Faith is the substance of things so far, the evidence of things not seen. And Jesus stated, Elijah must truly first come and restore restoration, all things, all truth, present truth, proceeding word of God, unity of the faith, speaking the same things in the body of Christ, no dissension, no carnal mindedness, whether it be uh, divisions and uh, malice and envy, strife, hate in the church, because Evil men have come in that were foreordained to this condemnation. Ungodly man turned the grace of our Lord Jesus into the lasciviousness, denying the only Lord God, as Jesus stated in his epistle. But he said that in that Malachi 4, that there is a, a ministry of Elijah to come before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. Not after now, but before the great and terrible day of the Lord come, what's going to happen in this ministry? Remember my servant Moses, behold, I send you Elijah. We find these on the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew 17. Why? Because it's the work of the ministry. It's a mountain apart, and that's what we're going to see in the last days in the revealing of Jesus Christ, the unveiling of him. We see there he brings up Peter, James, and John, the inner three, and they see Jesus there transfigured along with also appearing 
Moses and Elijah, just as stated in Malachi 4. He said there that when they came down off that mount, they saw Jesus only, but they came down and they asked, why the disciples of John say that Elijah must first come and restore all things? What's this restoration business? What does this restitution of all things mean? Jesus said, Elijah truly must first come and restore all things. Howbeit, Elijah has already come. If you will receive it, this inner city spake of John the Baptist. But John the Baptist did no mighty miracles. But he will forerun Jesus' second advent, just as Jesus stated. Therefore, we find that in Malachi 4 of Moses, remember my servant Moses, behold, I send you Elijah before the great and terrible day of the Lord come, before the day of the Lord God Almighty. There that speaks of the judgments of God that will be, uh, that shall burn as an oven and the ashes will be, uh, the wicked will be ashes under the righteous feet when the son of righteousness arise with healings in, the, in his wings and we, the body of Christ, grow up as calves of the stall. We have to grow up. And that is why we find as calves of the stall that in under that calf's foot is burnished brass that we see in the living creature and the zoe in the beast of the lion man, calf and eagle, and the calf's feet burnished as burnished brass or judgment. That's the reason we see the wicked in under the righteous feet burned up as ashes through the consuming fire. He goes on and says, remember my servant Moses. Behold, I send you Elijah. That's that restoration ministry. Restoring all things, not to tradition of the elders to make the word of God in effect, but all truth, all things. That the Holy Ghost will lead us and guide us into all truth, not partial truth, all truth. In Pentecost, we saw through a glass darkly, prophesied in part. We had knowledge in part. Tongues would be done away with. Knowledge would cease. We are there. Everything was done in part. But then, in the fullness of time, when that which is perfect has come, all that which is in part would be done away with. That's where we're living today. And we see that in uh, 1 Corinthians 13, the charity there must be obtained. Charity is the final growth in the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ unto a perfect man. Charity is the full epoch of the faith in glory in the perfect image of Jesus Christ. If we have faith to remove mountains, we have all knowledge and understand all mysteries, speak with the tongue of men and of angels, and have not charity, it availeth us nothing. Somebody said that's just the love of God. No, it's the love of God in action and doing his will. That's a big difference. I can say I love God and love and word and in tongue, but I don't do it in deed and in truth. I don't move into the body of Christ and find my position in the body of Christ according to the will of God. I sit back uh, conveniently and take my talent and bury it uh, and say, well, I've lost nothing, Lord. I just stayed here alone and I did not come to the body of Christ in the unity of the faith and move forward uh, literally taking this gospel over the world for witness in all nations. I literally sat back at my house and I worked with you. I had a prayer meeting. I meditated on your word. I might have known it, but I did not literally come together in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God uh, and forsaken ourselves uh, that, that together in the body of Christ. I did not come in the unity of the faith in the body of Christ coming together in 
that unity of the faith where God said that I would fitly frame it together. Together, we have to listen to the, the voice of the Son of God, the, the voice of the Holy Ghost, leading us into that uh, body coming together. We can't stay separated, made a pray for every ravenous beast on every high hill and a diaspora scattered abroad. We must come into unity of the faith. Then God will fitly frame us together and compact it, seal it. He will seal us. Then according to the measure of each part. In other words, God will do that body as he has dealt to every man the measure of faith. And only he will put that body together as it has pleased him according to the administration given to each member in particular. Then every joint will supply, will edify itself. Whichever joint supplies it, edifying itself in love, building it up, up itself upon its most holy faith through the knowledge of the Son of God, growing in grace and favor of the Lord. But we have to come together. If we sit back and bury that talent and do nothing and say, well, I heard that preacher preach, I heard that one little taught something, but it sounded right. I looked in the word of God. It was there, but I didn't move. I just sat there and buried the talent. And what would God find wrong? Well, there's no increase. There's no increase in the government of God. There's no lifting up of Jesus and proclamating the word, which all of us in the divine commission are supposed to do. Go into all the world, and that is preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be down. These signs shall follow them that believe on my name goes on. Well, that's what we are divinely commissioned to do. Many are sitting back and said, well, I go to church. I pay my bills. I'm more concerned about inflation or paying my bills or being a food shortage or whatever the case might be. Price of gasoline, diesel, all this, and all the other problems upon mankind. The only Savior we have is the Lord Jesus Christ, who's an ever-present help in the time of trouble. No nation, no government is going to do that. Only the Lord God is. He knows those that are his, and he will not suffer the righteous to be forsaken, nor their seed breaking bread. He will always literally take care of his own. But we in the body of Christ have to come together. Therefore, we lay this out before you to join us in the work of the ministry. Simply email me at sealinggodspeople at dennisbeard.org. That's our email address, sealinggodspeople, S-E-A-L-I-N-G, G-O-D-S-P-E-O-P-L-E, Sailing God's People, at DennisBeard.org. And that is D-E-N-N-I-S-B-E-A-R-D.org. And we'll get your email, get right back to you. Look forward to meeting you, working together with you in the ministry, because that will grow up as calves of the stall. And then at that time, we'll proclaim the revelation of Jesus Christ, this gospel being preached this gospel of the kingdom. The true gospel of this kingdom will be preached into all the world for a witness unto all nations, and the end will come. We have over a thousand ministers right now in Africa alone that have believed and received this word, which is well able to save our souls. It's a present truth and a proceeding word of God. If we do not come together, the Lord warned us there, in Malachi 4, he said, this is the 
ministry that I'm sending you. Remember my servant Moses. He did judgment miracles. The body of Christ will do the same in Revelation 10, 11, and Revelation 12. He said, also remember my servant Moses, and behold, I send you Elijah. Behold, Elijah. It's a one God message. El, Yah, Elohim is Jehovah. It's one God. It's a restoration ministry. It's coming back to the unity of the faith of the knowledge of the Son of God. As Jude stated, Paul stated in Acts 20, 29, that after his departure, grievous woods would come in, not sparing the flock. That would be among the church, bringing in perverse things. These perverse things is what God will shake and totally overturn and destroy in the last days. Things that are not in the true faith of God will be overturned. With Peter said the same thing in 2 Peter, the second chapter, verse 1 through 3, he said that these men that have brought in damnable heresies, that swift destruction upon themselves, that denying the only Lord God. That's what has happened. That's the reason the revelation of Jesus Christ is so profound and important and critical for those that will be saved and doing, not only hearing about the work of God, but doing it, that we are called for that work of God. So he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. What? For the work of the ministry. That's what we're called for. The body of Christ has to come together in order to affect that in faith, which is action. Taking an action, moving, dynamic moving of faith and the body of Christ coming together in one mind and one accord in the unity of the faith, then in the knowledge of the Son of God in a perfect mirror image that will go forth, growing up into Jesus in all things and all truth, and we will not be tossed to and fro by everyone of doctrine, having the apocalyptic signaling of Revelation 7, seal the servants of God in our foreheads. Those are the ones that will go forth in the demonstration and power of the Holy Ghost, taking the world for Jesus, the kingdoms of this world becoming the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and we love not our lives even unto the death. God's doing it now. What will happen if we do not listen to the call of God? Well, God states it very plainly, very uh, without a shadow of a doubt, Malachi 4, said, behold, us, behold, remember my servant Moses, behold, I send you Elijah before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. Why is that so important? Because in Acts 3, 20 and 21, that the heavens must receive Jesus, he will stay there. The heavens must receive Jesus until the times of the restitution or restoration of all things, of all truth, of all faith, until all the fullness of Jesus Christ is manifest, the body of Christ coming together. We have to come together. There, he states there in Malachi 4, this Elijah ministry, behold, I send you Elijah before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. What's happening there? He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. Lest, listen to what it says, lest I come, God says, and smite the earth with a curse. Now it's up to us. We can have blessings and obedience or cursings because we do not obey under righteousness and holiness. We have to move for the truth. You hear the truth? We have to move on it. 
Can't sit back, bury the talent. Those that have five talents, get another five talents. The one that have two talents, they put it to exchangers, get another two talents. But what are you doing? You're moving. But the one that just has no dynamic, just takes it there and buries his talent. God gave the talent. He gave the faith. But instead of using it, and the unity of the faith and knowledge of the Son of God come together into the body of Christ, they just bury it. Sit alone. Sit at home, read the Bible there, and meditate on the Word of God. May know it. May know what the work of God is, but do not come together in that unity of the faith for that joint supplies to the edifying of itself in love. And God says, as hearts are turned together into one, the unity of the faith, that Fathers we see are the ones that are full grown. We see that in 1 John 2, 12 through 14. He states it very plainly. He said, I write unto you fathers because you've known him that's from the beginning. I have written unto you fathers because you've known him that's from the beginning. Those are the full grown. They're not babies, they're not little children. They're not young men. They're fathers. They're weaned from the milk of full age, having their senses exercised thereby to discern both good from evil. They're full grown. They have eyes before and behind they know him that's from the beginning. That's the word of God. In the beginning is the word, the word was with God, the word was God, the same as in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. That is what the Father knows. They know that word. They know the preceding word of God. They're full grown. They're very turned to the children. Those are the ones that know that he's God Almighty, the Father of glory. They're not newborn babies. They've been born of water and spirit, according to Acts 2 38. They've repented and been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins, born of the water. And they have received the gift of the Holy Ghost, born of the Spirit. Those are newborn babes designed that's the ceremony of the Word. But they've grown from babies to little children. Now, the children know what? John tells us in 1 John 2, 12 through 14, I'm writing you little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake, and you've known the Father. You know that Jesus is the Father. That is stated in John 8, 13 through 27. They said, where is your father? Jesus said, you know me, you should have known my father. These children know that Jesus is the father. The son of God is the father revealed. Jesus said, you see me, you've seen the father. John 14. Well, John 8, 24, except you believe that I am he, the father of glory, you shall die in your sin. They have reached that revelation of children they know that Jesus is the Father. They know the person of God is only one person. He is the Father. But they don't know the work. They don't know the work of the ministry. They're unskillful in that word of righteousness, going on to the measure of the statue of Jesus. So the fathers there have a responsibility to bring that to the children. And the children's hearts, you believe with the heart, the children's heart to the Father, coming into the unity of the faith. You see those, that, that, that woman there that is full grown, but we have a little sister. What shall be done for her when she's asked for? Well, she's not full grown. But it says, if she be a wall, we'll build upon her a palace of silver. If she be a door, we will enclose her with cedar. That's a cedar work. And Zephaniah 2, God will uncover the cedar work. Well, we must go, the ones of fathers that know this word, to reach out to the children, turn the hearts of the children of the father, fathers to children, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. God said, if you don't do this, the earth will be smitten with a curse, and the curse causeless will not come. It's all up 
on us. The burden of the Lord, if anybody says the burden of the Lord will be cut off. The burden is not on the Lord. The burden's on us. What will we do? The word has been given. It's already been done and forever settled in heaven. The preceding word of God is coming to us now. To those that have an ear to hear what the spirit is saying to the churches. It's that time now. We're not seeing through a glass darkly as we were in the days of Pentecost. We're seeing plainly through that glass in the perfect image of Jesus, God's expecting us to come unto perfection. You'll see that in 2 Corinthians 3. The Lord is that spirit. We find that in 2 Corinthians 3, 17. We have to know that he is the father of glory. That's the unveiling, the revelation of Jesus Christ. All the seals, trumpets, and judgments, uh, the vows of the wrath of God, all the judgments of God are for one reason, to reveal who he is, God Almighty. There's not another. Well, what will happen in these days? Well, God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ, 2 Corinthians 3. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, the burdens on us, that the excellency of the power might be, be of God and not of ourselves. What does it reveal? The Lord is that spirit. For the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. He's given us the perfect law of liberty. And we are to crucify the flesh with the affections of the lust, walking in the law of the, of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And then what? When we all with open face, beholding is, in, beholding is in a glass, the glory of the Lord, that's a revelation of Jesus, that we are changed into the very same image, not something less, from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord, not of us, but through him and obedience unto righteousness unto holiness, which is required. And then and only then will the Lord come. Because after all these things are restored and restitution of all things, the heavens that have held Jesus and has, hold, has held him there until the times of the restitution of all things will then be fulfilled. And the Lord himself will come and that come that second advent of Jesus. The Lord himself just says, descend from heaven with a shout. For the voice of the archangel and the trump of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. This is where we're at today. Then and then we which are alive and remain shall be caught together to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore comfort you one another with these words. God's doing it now. We must come together. Now, what are we doing? I want you and I want to work with you. We're here willing and able. We're there with the ministers there in Africa and India. And we need to be with the ones here in America, Europe. We're there. We're hearing from you. Let us hear from you. Again, email me. Drop me a message there at sealinggodspeople at dennisbeard.org. I look forward to getting your email. Contact you. Let's work together. Let's fulfill the work of the ministry just as Jesus has appointed us to do to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. Well, we pray everywhere that each one of us, that God will perfect that which is lacking in each one of us, that we all may be presented blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in both spirit, soul, and body. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold the real Jesus.